The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? Ready. Well, tonight, I'm excited about the show, Sean. I'm excited about the show. Because we have a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world. We had pandemics. There's earthquakes. California is burning down. <laughs> they said there was like almost 400 fires. Yeah, a lot of fires. Lightning strikes. Well, it's been blazing hot here. Well, yeah. you know, there's also it's been blazing hot, but there's also been a lot of rain too. Remember, we had mm. a lot of rain. True. Yeah. So everything's just blooming, mm. and then the, the 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 lightning comes. Places on fire. There's riots. Racism. Oh, high school students are are. There's more ODs and suicides with high That's school true. students than the COVID. Itself deaths um, within within that community. Uh, there's just a lot of crazy things going on, and right now a lot of people are talking about Bible prophecy. And we know we've talked about this before on the show. Uh, Jesus talks about it in Mark's 13. You know the signs of the times, what would be happening. We are seeing things these things happen, and there's a lot of questions that are going on right now. People want to know: Is this Armageddon? Is Jesus coming? You know, what is going on? So I thought it would be great to, to bring someone in that is studying um, world events, um, someone that's well-versed in, in the scriptures. Um, he teaches Bible school here at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. He's a, a pastor, teacher. Um, uh, he's big time into the prophecy. So and I want to definitely bring him in to talk about world events. And just I want to come from a perspective for someone that doesn't know yeah. anything that's going on. Because yeah. you know we have a, we have like a lot of high school students that listen to this. We have middle school, uh, we have college students, and we have people that have been going to church a long time. But a lot of people don't follow Bible prophecy. You know, they know the Jesus stories, but they don't know. They're not paying attention to world events because it takes a lot of time yeah. to 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 watch the, to what, look at the correct news source as well than fake news. And I thought to bring in Jesse Brella. Yeah. So you're here. It's great. I love it. <laughs> you're love even wearing it. the Bible school yeah, T-shirt. I just, yeah, in fact, just I just got, got I just got out of doing a, uh, one of my uh, classes. So perfect. Yeah. See, I told you it's official. <laughs> it's official. This is the real deal, people. <laughs> and that shirt's not new. No, all right? it's not. He's it's been it's doing it's this a long time. How long? First of all, give us a little background. How long have you been um, uh, a, a student teaching, preaching, uh, uh, doing Bible school? Like, give us a little background. Well, you know, I, I accepted the Lord back in the Stone Ages, as I say, back in 1975. And uh, I started coming to Calvary Chapel, West Covina, back in the Kung Fu Studio days, about a year later. And uh, your dad, uh, Rolla, sent me out to help out with a, a few churches, start, started a few churches off the ground. So I served as a pastor there. But I came back and taught in the Bible school in 87. I'd been going to Bible college. I was not yet complete uh, going to the Bible college I, had, uh, I was attending. But I began teaching in our Bible college in 87. I became a, the director of that Bible college, same Bible college in, I think it was 90, 91. And I served as the director till 2006. I'm still teaching. I've been on staff as a pastor since 88. So um, that's a little bit about my background. And basically, it's, it's one where I've just sat under Pastor Chuck, mm-hmm. like all of us yeah. have. Mm-hmm. And uh, under uh, under all as well too. Interesting enough, we just did a show with my dad, and we were ta- telling a story about how that whole kung fu thing started. I was born in '75, so that's 45 years you've been doing yeah. the thing. And uh, it's so interesting. It's funny because we told that story, and now here is someone that yeah. was actually <laughs> there. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't know that part about you. I didn't know that you came from the kung fu studio. Yeah. Did you know Jerry Legault? 
I've known Jerry since way back then. <laughs> before he was on the in film. <laughs> uh, before, yeah, before he went to film. You know, you know, having Jesse on here too, as he just said right now, he's been with Pastor Rolf for for many years. So all the the history that you have heard of, of Pastor Rolf's life, as far as uh, the ministry of West Covina, where. God just did an amazing thing. So many churches birthed out of, of West Covina, like uh, Jesse said, and the Bible school as well. And then all the way through the 90s through Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, where many people are familiar with it too. Jesse was a part of the ministry that was intact that came from West Covina to here. So he's really been in the process of everything. He knows Pastor Rawls' heart uh, very well when it comes to teaching and ministry. Because your dad as well, Ryan, Ryan, has such a heart for prophecy as well. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. always talked about Chuck Smith as well. Like the coming of the Lord and just knowing end time stuff has always been very exciting for him, but also has always kept him on the edge as well. And Jesse has the gift of teaching. He teaches in the Bible school, and he really does have a way of breaking down prophecy and also, he keeps up to speed with a lot of world events, and I, I did think it'd be a good fit for him to be on the is show. Is this stuff? On, I need to still like. I need to get like a drive or something. Do we have a like archive where I can just click in and just listen, or is it to the Bible College? Yeah, you're talking to about the, yeah, to uh, the audio stuff. I don't. Know, I can look into it, but uh, they can uh, get you. Yeah, we can get we can I, get I, you I stuff. To, we need, I need to look stuff. into something where it's just archived on a drive where I can yeah. just click in and and pull. pull sure. We have on. everything recorded, both. Uh, Audio and video, so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's easy to do. And if you guys want to get involved with the Bible College, now is the time to you know yeah. uh, plug. Up. How do they do it? They can just go to the Calvary dot. Go go to uh, either the uh, our website calvarygs.org, and there's a link there for the Bible College. They can go directly to the Bible College CCGS Bible College, and they can get all the information there. There and it is. You, you walk. They'll walk you through it with uh, on how to sign up. There it is, and you can do it anywhere around the world. Because we know we have listeners right. from all over the place. Get it done. Yeah. All right. So my dad, he's done some prophecy uh, updates on the show as well with, with us. We've had yeah. it. So it's, it's awesome. Okay. So where do we start for uh, someone that knows nothing about Bible prophecy? I would think the best place to start is to realize that God is a God who reveals himself. God wants to talk to us. God wants to make himself known to us. But he's also established certain things for us to know and to prove that he is who he says he is. One of the things that he has said is in the book of Isaiah, he says, that he speaks of things that are not, that are yet to come as though they were. In other words, he speaks about future events as if they're in the past tense. Mm -hmm. And he says this so that you will know when they do come to pass, you will know that I am the true and the living God. Because there's only one being that can speak in that way, and that is God himself who lives outside of time. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about things that are 2,000 in detail, Mm -hmm. things that are 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years in the future, and speak of them with great accuracy. So when they take place, we have a greater assurance. And Jesus even said these things. Jesus said that that he spoke of these things when he was with his disciples at the Last Supper. He says he was telling these them these things so that they wouldn't be, or their hearts would not be troubled. So when their heart is troubled, when these events happen, yeah. they reflect back. I mean, in the scripture talks about, it, and then they remembered what he said. Exactly. And that's what happens even with us with current events that end up happening that Jesus talked about, those revelations that happen, we're like, oh, yeah, well, the Bible says this. No wonder these things are happening. I think, Ryan, too, one of the things that you pointed out uh, in the beginning, in the intro, was what is happening. Look at all people are are in distress. People 
uh, don't know what to do. I mean, we get calls here, and Sean knows. He gets them as well, too. People who are in total depression. We've had a series of suicides. Remember that one stretch? We had the series of young people. Uh, And yet the Bible speaks of this time in, in our human history where Jesus said, pointing to the last days, that these would be such traumatic experience, he says that men's hearts would fail them, fail them. for uh, not knowing the things that are befalling upon them or seeing the things that are coming upon the earth. So we're in that state. We're in that place where people, and especially for the lost, and even as believers, we will become distressed. We'll, we'll, we will freak out if we don't see it in the context of what God said is going to take place. You know, when you look at prophecy, you know, to the listeners, and like we, like Ryan said, we want to break it down for those that maybe don't have much knowledge, and then we're going to take you through some stuff. So when we say prophecy, that even Jesus' um, birth that everyone's familiar with, Jesus' b- born of a virgin, that was prophecy. That was spoken of 750 years before Christ was ever born, spoken in the book of Isaiah. Now, there are hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament that would speak about Christ birth here on earth, that he would come to set the captives free. All these things were spoken up before they even came to pass. And as Jesus did ministry, as you follow just through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see, as it was written in the book of Isaiah, as it was written in the book of Daniel, he was showing that he was fulfilling prophecy at that time in his first coming. So salvation was a prophecy. All the benefits that we have as believers were proclaimed and prophesied before they ever came to pass. And then on top of it, then he's also telling the disciples that he's going to go and exactly. he's going to die and he's going to raise from the dead again. So he's fulfilling all the Old Testament prophecies, but then he's telling them right there on the on the on the right there to themselves, "Hey, these things are going to happen." Right. And yeah. they happen. I think one of the other things that we have to take into consideration as well too that before the time of Christ, before his first coming, in the scriptures themselves, in the Old Testament, there were over 600 prophecies that spoke of his first coming. And he fulfilled all of them mm-hmm. when he came and his life and his ministry, his death, his resurrection, etc., and his ascension. There are still another 600 that have yet to be fulfilled at his second coming. Mm-hmm. So I, I really see the Old Testament and the, the prophecies of his first coming almost being a guarantee that he's going to fulfill the next set of 600 prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled yeah and i think that's an important um, starting point with all because just from that there's so much to unpack because i think this is popular like even in the world like man is the world coming to an end is jesus coming back we've heard it even people that are in church so when in the when the book of acts where jesus appeared to the disciples and told them ryan talks about this a lot when they would be endued with power from on high mm-hmm. well then jesus was taken back up to heaven and the angels told them that he, as he kept on staring up to heaven, he will come back again. So the, the scripture talks of the second coming of Christ. Yeah, and you were saying that, like right now, people are, um, they're scared. Like mm-hmm. if you don't read the Bible and you know the prophecy, like we already know the end game. We know the story. Yeah. So we're, there's peace and rest for our soul. Now, does it mean that there's hard times and are we... You know, we're looking like, okay, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose this? Is the church going to shut down? I mean, there's a lot of like what ifs that could happen with pandemics and all these things that are happening, these world events, earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes in Texas right now. But the whole thing is when you read the Bible, you there is a peace knowing that this is all part of what God's 
plan is. This is this is it, and that's what gives you peace. If you're not reading that, you're like, like I have my friend that's uh, he's not a Christian. He's a he's like far left, mm-hmm. and he's like he's looking at world events, and he's like, hey, the only thing we need now is Godzilla needs to come out of the ocean. Right. <laughs> like no, but seriously, yeah. like that oh, is yeah, such yeah. a great. Uh, True. Like, if you don't know the scriptures, you're like, okay, either aliens are coming next or Godzilla's coming, and it's all yeah. over. No, no, for real. And, for real. You know, one of the things, too, I think it has to, this really has to be addressed, that non-believers have a totally warped view of, of the things we're talking about in regards to the, the, the coming of Christ for his church and the, and the sec, second coming. But also, believers who don't know the scriptures can be easily yeah. living in ignorance of that. One of the things, what is the first thing, how does the world draw people who are talking about prophecy? They draw them as a person with a placard on the street corner that says the end is, is near or the end is coming. And you have people who talk about, well, yeah, the world is coming to an end. And I tell people, no, nowhere in the Bible does it say or that we as Christians should even be saying the world is coming to an end. Because it's not coming to an end. No. Because what is happening is we're coming into a new age. Mm-hmm. That's going to be preceded. What comes before it is a year, a seven-year period, that is unlike any other the world has ever faced. That it is far so different that it's called the Great Tribulation. As believers, we experience tribulation now. We're going to suffer. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to go. We're going to have family members uh, die or go through tragedies. We we exp- all of us have experienced that. All believers have that of every age, in every age, and every century. But there's going to be a time like no other. And in fact, the scriptures refer to it as the time of Jacob's trouble. In the New Testament, the book of Revelation is called the Great Tribulation because it's a tribulation not that is caused by Satan that he does, he, when he attacks us in our lives, trials and so mm-hmm. forth. This is God himself bringing on the tribulation in judgment to a world that has rejected Jesus Christ and the message of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting enough, when and people say, "Well, why is he? Why is there judgment?" It's you know, I was just listening to a study with Chuck Smith on uh, his topical study. It's called "The Days of Noah" the other day, and everything that he explained. I talked about this on the last show. Everything he explained back then is what's happening right now. I mean, when you look at like just the music videos, and it's not like I remember growing up, but people would be like, "My parents would be like, don't listen to that, dude." That stuff was. Yeah, elementary. That comparison. stuff was like yeah. baby music compared to what's happening now. I mean, we're hearing songs that are just straight, like straight up yeah. porn, and the yeah. videos along with it. There, I mean, Miley Cyrus was literally naked, swinging on a ball, the wrecking ball. I mean, how much more can you go? And then yeah. we, you know, we talked about Carly B and all that, but literally, it is so crazy, and the agenda is so demented that, like, I was just, uh, I was at my dentist yesterday, and they're not, you know, they're not. Uh, I don't know where they're at in life, but they're not like uh, f- like Christian conservatives, you know, by any means. But they literally, sh- this is what they told me. They're like, who are you voting for? You know, they're like, because I, she goes, I'm scared. I'm literally scared for our future, for our kids, for everything that we know is going on. Because the agenda right now, the far left agenda is so crazy. Like I have friends that are Democrats that are leaving the party because... It's just so bizarre and crazy. And what the bizarre and craziness is, it's just filthy lawlessness. Mm -hmm. Like the agenda, it's literally just crazy, crazy stuff. And that's why God, when you read about, you know, what God 
calls us to be, to live in harmony and love and truth, obey the commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, you know, thou shalt not, um, you know, uh, lie, thou shalt not take your, your neighbor's wife and have sex with her, yeah. you know, all these things that, like, legitly, like, just if you're just, like, a, a good person, if you want to say that, like, you know, with morals of some sort, you're like, yeah, I shouldn't go sleep with my 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 neighbor's wife. I shouldn't lie. I shouldn't cheat. I shouldn't kill. Like we all agree with normal people, like uh, normal people with like a sound mind agree with these things. And, but what's going on now is all that has been brought up and it's like saying that evil is good in the world. And that's where we're talking about Mm -hmm. judgment. And as, as Jesse brings up about the, the tribulation the great tribulation, or it's God's wrath poured out upon um, those that are rejecting the Lord. Mm-hmm. Examples of those instances in the Bible, because it is different where Satan attacks. Satan attacks in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. But like in the Old Testament, Noah, Sodom and Gomorrah, same thing. But it all was, those things I'm talking about were happening yes. in, these, in, yeah. in these environments. Correct. No, I, I think and one, then the judgment came. I think one of the things that, you, and you can see the distinction here. Yeah. When, like you were talking about, your family members, and we've seen it with people we talk to who don't know the Lord. When we, when they see these things that are taking place, which have been prophesied, right. there's terror that fills their hearts. There's an uncertainty. There's a distress among them. But that's expected because they do not know what the Scripture says. For us as believers, the Bible says those things that are taking place, what is, there's a different perspective entirely. Jesus says, rejoice, look up, yes, for yes. my coming is at hand. Yep. So we have an entirely different view of everything that's unfolding in the world today. For us, it doesn't mean, oh no, I'm losing everything and my life's falling apart and everything that I hold dear is gone. For us as believers saying, hey, it's evacuation day. Jesus is coming, get ready. Yeah. Yeah, the excitement. Yeah. The urgency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a whole different, it's a whole different mentality. So for us, I'm like, we got to reach as many people as we can for Christ because Jesus is coming. It's like motivation. Yeah, no, it is. And I, I know during the Jesus movement era that I grew up in, that's when I came to the Lord, that was, that's what prophecy did for us. It caused us to lead others to Christ. I mean, we, I, I'd like to incorporate back into our language as believers certain things that we did there what? then. I mean, and, and be biblical and scriptural. I mean, when we would greet each other as believers, we would say, Maranatha. Mm. We knew what we were saying. In other words, Maranatha means he's coming. Coming. He's coming because we would encourage you. How many times are you weary? How many times are you are you uh, uh, bogged down with trials and and all? And we would encourage each other by saying, "Hey, he's coming," mm. and that gives you an urgency. Also, we've got to reach the lost. I was more urgent, knowing the coming of Christ, to reach my family members who did not know the Lord. It given me an urgency in not only sharing with them, but man, it made me urgent in praying for them as well too. It made me urgent. I'm not an evangelist, Ryan. I mean, you and your dad just do it so supernaturally natural, if yeah. I can put it that way. Yeah. But I have fallen the, or followed the, 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 what Paul has said, the exhortation to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Mm. I may not have that gift, but I share my faith. Mm. And I've seen people come to the Lord. So mm. it's not an excuse if we don't have the gift of evangelism. And I really believe, especially for those who have that gift of evangelism and those who don't, it gives us a great motivation and urgency. Why we need to share with our neighbor. Why we need to share with our loved ones. Why we need to share with a stranger. Yeah. You know, for the listeners that are, are listening right now, we're talking about the gospel, and I think that this is important to, to note. Because what we, this is from 
Bible time, or Bible theology is we are in the church age right now. So when Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, it really, he conquered sin, he conquered the grave. The disciples would go out preaching and proclaiming, calling those to repent and to come to the Lord. Revivals took place. Thousands of people were coming to the Lord. First, it went to the, the Jewish people, then it expanded to the Gentiles. Gentiles is just a word for people that weren't Jewish people. Yeah. And the gospel spread across the whole world. Even today, when we look at churches, when we look at the work of ministry today, it all has its roots back into the early church from the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we're talking about evangelism and he's coming back, the reality of it is that we are in this church age, but it will come to a close that is important to, to, to realize, and there is, as the Bible says, God knows what, what he is doing. When we're looking at the time today, Jesse, church age, grace is being poured out right now. Everybody has the opportunity to call upon the name of the Lord today. Um, but what next event, prophecy speaking, is on the forefront. What, what is next? Well, I, I believe that... Yeah, what's going on in the well, news? <laughs> I believe truly that, as your dad has said many times, uh, the next great event is that we know for sure mm-hmm. is the rapture of the church. But I believe something that coincides with it will be the invading armies of, headed by the Russians, Magog and Gog, as found in Ezekiel chapter 38 yep. and 39, as well as their allies, which include Persia, which is modern-day Iran, Gomer, the Balkan, Balkan states, uh, Turkey. Uh, these are nations that are going to uh, arise and invade swiftly uh, the, the land of Israel. Do you think that's going to happen before the rapture? This is, and that's a, that's that's a, a good, good point to ask because I, I, we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. It can happen before the, the, the actual invasion. We may be seeing it on the news as it's unfolding, news alert, and we see it on, on the screens. We see it on, as, as news alerts on our cell phones or devices and saying that this great invasion is taking place. But I believe that before the end of that battle, because it's going to be in one day, it's going to be over in a day because God's going to intervene. If you read at the end of chapter 39 of of, of Ezekiel, as he describes that battle unfolding, one of the things that he says, that he says he will rain down fire upon that invading army. He will destroy them in a single day. He says, I will be glorified in the nations, in the eyes of the nations, and then the closing verse of chapter 39 says, and, I will, and they will know that I am with my people Israel, that I brought them back from captivity. And they have been brought back from captivity. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it happening in 1948. But he says something interesting there. He says, I will again pour out my spirit upon my people Israel, which I believe A signifies revival. the fact that we're gone. Mm. Because he has one witness in the world. Before the church came into being with, with the, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, after Jesus' ascension, Israel was to be his witness upon this world. They rejected Christ, but God hasn't forsaken them. They've been cut off, but they'll be regrafted. And right now, his primary witness in the church is the church of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwelling the church, the Holy Spirit being poured out upon the church. Once he removes the church and his restraining force which is the holy spirit in the world right 
he again pours out his spirit upon Israel. So I believe before the very end of that day, before that day is out, mm-hmm. and it may be a warning. I don't know. I want to see whether that. it be mm-hmm. a warning. Uh, uh, hey, believers, get ready. Yeah. yeah. Or whether it happens before we even see it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what God's going to do. Yeah, he may we don't be. Know. He may be merciful, and and so as we see these things unfold, and those in ignorance won't know what's going on. Even mm-hmm. believers, if they don't know what's going on, yeah. they won't be. They won't have the urgency to repent. But I believe this may be one last shot at saying, Israel, or uh, church, get ready, repent, turn, turn from your sin, turn to me entirely. So here's a fun, here's a fun fact. You may say, well, how is Russia going to invade Israel? Well, it's funny enough, but when they, when they ended up invading, um, what was that one country they ended U- up invading? Ukraine. Ukraine. They invaded Ukraine. That's right. And then from there, that allowed them to get into that sea to bring their submarines mm. and their ships in there that got them that much closer. And then they also have a base on – I, I got to look at the map. It's been a while since I talked about this, but it's the country right above Israel. They have a base. Basically, it's 250 – they have a base in the country right above Israel that is 250 miles from Israel. Base with planes. Yeah. I, did, I heard Ray Bentley do a whole study on it. That means that they can literally get to Israel in, in seconds. Like they can invade with, with they, they're that close now. Before, when you used to read the Bible and you would say, how is Russia going to be able to invade Israel? They're so far up. No, they're all lined up. They got, they got ships. They got their submarines. They got planes. They're, they're there. You know, we're going to talk a lot on the show, and I know we have a few minutes, and there's a big question I want to ask Jesse. We'll probably do that on the other side of the break, but let me set up a couple things. You know, Chuck Smith used to always say, if you want to understand prophecy, you have to look at the nation of Israel. The fact that the nation of Israel is in existence is a miracle of God. Jesse just made made a, a reference to that in the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 37, it speaks about uh, the dry bones that will have flesh once again. It is a, a prophecy. It is speaking of the nation of Israel going back into their land again. And those that know just a little bit of history know that the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, have suffered so much persecution over the years. Uh, Whether it's in the Old Testament, whether it's in the times uh, all the way through of history, um, obviously in a more current um, with the Nazi Germany, all that took place, God sustained his people and it brought them back into a land. Talk for that just for a second, Jess, as far as just the existence of Israel today. Israel is such a small—I've heard it said it's like the size of New Jersey. We've been there a couple times, obviously. But to think that this small area is such a focal point, even in the news today, what does that speak to you about that? Well, it tells me, first of all, that what God has said all along in the Scriptures for thousands of years is going to take place especially after the fact that Israel was, out, was not in existence for almost 2,000 years. And the resistance before the Holocaust and the growing resistance globally against the Jews and Israel uh, points to that very fact. Uh, things that you would never think of. Congressmen or women openly criticizing Israel and uh, saying that they deserve to not exist as a nation. I mean, those, that's just the, the scratching the surface. What, you know, there's a prophecy, many people know it, Genesis chapter 12, that said um, that I will bless those 
I will bless you and I will bless those who bless you. Why is it important for the United States of America to have a good relationship with Israel? Well, first of all, because it's the right thing to do, because of what God has said. And because we share sim- similar roots with him spiritually. Uh, that is, our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And we as a people, as a nation, if we want to be truly blessed by God, mm-hmm. we need to be a blessing to Israel. Mm-hmm. Because God, do- God has done that. Those Gentile nations that surrounded them, that were, uh, had favor with Israel, God blessed them in turn as well, too. So interesting when you when you look at like there's always Hitler and then there's always like race and they hate the Jews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like why does why do people hate the Jews so much? You know what I mean? It's, demonic. it's because it's demonic. Exactly. Like, why do they just hate the Jews so much? I just found the uh, the air base here. It's in Syria, right here. Yeah. So they're there. They're set yeah, up. And Syria is uh, just above two, them. Two hundred miles away. Okay, yeah. that's three hour car ride in a plane. You're there in like <laughs> ten minutes less. Boom, dropping bombs. So. It's all, but this is all prophesied about things uh, to come. But we should not get weary because Jesus has overcome. He's, he's given us the plan because he's outside of time. And this is why it's important for us as believers to read and to know the scriptures because yeah. it's exciting. Uh, don't forget to go to the whosoevers.com. Uh, you could get all the past radio shows. Um, you could donate. That goes to our uh, ministry going out and bringing the gospel to public schools, middle schools, high schools. We are still touring. Yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but we are touring. We are going to open states. We're in Montana. We're in Idaho. We're working on uh, Florida. And I just heard today that schools are open in Columbia. So, you know, we're trying to go down there and get it busy. We're not scared because Jesus, uh, he has it all under control. We'll talk to you guys in two minutes right after the break. More. Of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, we're back. I have uh, Sean McKean in studio. We got Jesse Barella from Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. Um, actually, it's called Calvary Chapel Golden Springs in Diamond Bar. It's my dad's church. You do the Bible college. You're a pastor. You're a teacher. And we're just talking about Bible prophecy. Now, I want to jump into a, a, a big event that just happened recently in the news. It was talking about some kind of peace treaty uh, with Israel. How does that relate to Bible prophecy? Yeah, I think that that was really overlooked, especially because it came on the Friday, the day after the Democratic Convention. And so all the focus and, and, and the news was on that, on the convention. But uh, coming in one morning, coming in that morning, I, I just heard a little... Uh, thing on the on the news about it taking place, and I said, "Man, this sounds significant." And nobody was talking about it, but it really is, I believe, huge news because it really sets the stage for what we talked about in Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine. First of all, after months and months, really, you can say this has been something that's been in the works for twenty-five years, but really, it's gone its legs and its momentum since President Trump has been in office, and it is a peace treaty or an accord that's been signed between one of the big players in the Middle East, and that's the the United uh, Arab Emirates, which is a collection of smaller sections or regions, you can say, of of Arab nations, which forms one. This is probably the wealthiest. Dubai, everybody here is going to say Dubai. Dubai and that, guys are part I, mean, of it. I mean, they are the, the, and who knows what part they will play commercially in, in during the time of the Antichrist. But this Hmm. Uh, this nation signed an accord with Israel, 
And this accord is the first one. There's only been three in history of the existence of the nation of Israel. With Egypt, with Jordan, and now this, this is 25 years since the last uh, accord or treaty that was signed. In the previous two treaties, Israel had to give up land. This is significant because that. Israel has, has maintained its sovereignty. They did not have to give up any land. In or, and when you sign a treaty, and part of the treaty is that they're going to exchange embassies. When you exchange an embassy, it means that you're re- recognizing the right of that nation to exist. So for this nation, the wealthiest nation, Arab nation in the region, in the world, to say we recognize you as a state is significant. That's huge. Yeah, it is. Plus an exchange of technology, exchange of weapons, exchange of, of all, all kinds mm. of other things wow. that they're going to be uh, uh, involved in. But it also set something in motion that I only heard, again, uh, it started out with me hearing something. uh, One of the representatives from the State Department said, expect there to be a whole series in the next weeks, next months, of nations joining in on this signing peace treaties with Israel in the the region. Interesting. And I thought, well, well, this is really, really significant. And they began to name some of those countries, Qatar, Oman, all Arab nations, and just over the week, uh, last week, we see that Morocco said we're signing a piece of. So, all these nations are jo- joining and jumping in now. Saudi Arabia initially it was said they were silent on the subject. It seemed as if they took a step backward, but you don't know what's going to happen with them. The significant significance of this also is that those nations that are aligning themselves to sign treaties with Israel are the very same nations, Sheba and Dedan, that the Bible speaks about in the book of, of Ezekiel thirty-eight. When this invasion that comes from the north, led by Russia, this coalition, when they invade, it says that Sheba, Dedan, which includes all of these Arab nations, they're going to, and also I should point this out, it says, and also the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions thereof, which we, biblically speaking, Tarshish is the, the old name for, biblical name for England. Is that? Because I was just and talking so, to my mom about that. Yeah, the other day. so it's England and all the, who are the young lions thereof? Those nations that came forth from England, the United States, mm-hmm. Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so these nations, along with uh, these Arab nations, they object to this invasion. It says, What are you doing? Why are you invading? Are you coming for a spoil? Pastor Chuck defined it as said, Actually, they're coming for the oil. Mm. Now, it happens so quickly. All they can do at first is just object because they can't respond. Now, why does it seem to happen so quickly? Because the, also the Bible says at the beginning of that chapter, chapter 37, that Israel will be dwelling in peace and in safety with, with no walls, which meant, means that it'll be unprotected, but it won't be a need for walls because it'll be in a state of peace. And right. now we see all these, this peace taking hold here yep. in in yep. in the region and it'll be over very quickly as well as we pointed out earlier now mm. another thing that we have to take into consideration is this i find it interesting and again i don't know how this ties in but the, the actual name of this uh, peace treaty it's called the abraham accord and the fact that here you have, and it's called this by the Arabs as well too, the Arabic form of, of Abraham as well as the Jews and the Hebrew form of, uh, of Abraham. 
But the fact that they are both agreeing on the land of Israel and their sovereignty over it, which really comes back to the promise that God made to Abraham. Mm -hmm. When we study Bible prophecy, there are seven covenants that God makes that deal prophetically. And one of the major covenants, especially in regards to Israel, is known as the Abrahamic covenant. That covenant that God makes with Israel, or God made with Abraham, for his descendants, for him and his descendants, that they will possess the land that he would give them. Mm -hmm. So the mere fact that this is called the Abrahamic covenant, that they are recognized, their sovereignty is being recognized over the land as well, too, I think is really significant. So we're setting the stage. The pieces are being put in place. Mm -hmm. This That very same week, the United States was asking for, was presenting a resolution before the U.N., asking them to extend a 13-year embargo that they had in Iran. And it was an embargo of weapons. And the two nations on the Security Council who are saying they're going to uh, shut this down uh, are both Russia and China. And for them to shut this down, it gives them then an opening to be able to bring weapons back in there. You've been talking about it. They've, they've been doing it with Syria. But yep. Syria doesn't have that embargo. Yeah. Iran does. Iran does. And so if they don't have that embargo, it means amassing a staging of more weapons, be it aircraft, be it missiles, be it tanks, be it whatever. Everything. And now that we have at the border, as you said, that presses up against Russia— the form, or the those nations that were so, former Soviet Union, it just provides even a greater interest. And I believe also it's significant because China is trying to also, uh, so to speak, uh, 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 you know, flex their muscles. Mm -hmm. They see themselves, and this is their long-term goal, they see themselves as the world power one day. Mm -hmm. yep. They yep. want to be the world power. Yep. And that's why I believe that even after Russia... And all the invading horde are judged by God. There's going to be a vacuum, and the vacuum is going to be, first of all, the Antichrist mm. who comes in. But I also believe that part of those nations, and it, this again deals directly with Bible prophecy in regards to what God has said is going to happen at the end of the tribulation. Now, now we're going to jump seven years ahead. We have the drying of or the drying of the Euphrates River. And the kings of the East that are going to come, which includes China, mm -hmm. includes Japan, Korea, and those nations of the East, they will come with the to join the Antichrist to fight against the fight Christ and His saints mm -hmm. when they come back to the uh, to the second coming. Yep. Wow, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Well, okay, so talk about now that you're talking about the second coming, people are like, wait, what? What is the second coming of Christ? Now, now, there's a big difference between the second coming and the, the rapture of the church. Okay, so wait, the first coming, just to be clear, is when Jesus came. He was birthed. He uh, did his three-year, or he did his, he did his ministry. Then he did his three-year public ministry. He died on the cross, and then he raised from the dead. And up from that point till now, it has been two, over 2,000 years. Yeah. 2020, we have B.C. and A.D., after the death of Christ and before the death of Christ. So from that point... Then, now we're talking about the rapture of the church. So let's talk about the rapture. Mm -hmm. Now, the rapture of the church is Jesus Christ coming for his church. Mm -hmm. uh, there is and all the, Sorry, all these world events are leading up to, to the that, rapture. To the rap, yeah, to the rapture. In so fact, the, really we can say the, these events 
are actually more probably because everything that God is doing, remember the Great Tribulation period is not for the church. Right. The Great Tribulation is for Israel. So we have to, again, how do we interpret prophecy? We look at Israel and what God, the promises that God has made to Israel. And the church is being prepared right now for it to be caught up and to be in his presence. We're the bride of Christ. Mm. And so he's going to return for us. And during those seven and a half years, when we're in heaven, it's going to be the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. But here on earth, it's going to be the worst time in human history, as we pointed out, the time of Jacob's trouble. So Christ comes for his church. We're not appointed to wrath. We experience the wrath of Satan now, his anger, tribulation. But we are spared the wrath of God during the Great Tribulation. What is wrath? Wrath, many times you hear that word and you know you get all these connotations of a, a crazed Christian, you know, screaming about the wrath of yeah. God. If you can define the wrath of God, it is the demonstrable displeasure of God upon sin. In other words, God is withholding his demonstrating his displeasure with sin, but he hates sin all the time. Yeah. It never. He is hates him. Got it. But there is a time when God says, "Enough is enough." This is display, yeah. And He displays it. He pours out His wrath upon man. So, in the rapture of the church, we are taken up. It's Christ coming for His church to uh, uh, to have us be in His presence and to keep us from the great tribulation period that is coming. The second coming of Christ then deals with Christ returning with His church to. Uh, establish his righteousness upon the earth and to fulfill the promises that he made to Abraham, that he made to David, that there would never cease to be a descendant sitting on his throne uh, there on Mount Zion. He will fulfill that in the great in the millennium period. But he's coming to judge the world. Finally, he will put an end to war, to sin, to unrighteous, anything that's evil in this world, famine, you name it, anything that's been the result of sin, that is banished from his kingdom. And we come to rule and to reign with him at that point. But he will defeat Mm. that great army of the Antichrist and his allies Mm -hmm. there in the Valley of Megiddo. Mm -hmm. Let me um, come back a little bit to you because we're going to focus, bringing up the rapture of the church. And just for the sake of time, um, I would encourage you, look it up for yourself. But we, as Calvary Chapel, believe in the pre-tribulation rate, exactly. rapture. There are many different interpretations, uh, but biblically, some of the great Bible teachers will hold to the pre-tribulation rate, rapture. There's also the mid-tribulation, the post-tribulation, and then there's some other kind of thoughts and philosophies. But pre-tribulation rapture just means that, as Jesse was saying, the rapture of the church, Jesus comes for his church, his bride, takes him to heaven. Pre meaning rapture takes place, mm-hmm. then the tribulation begins. Exactly. Um, and one person that you noted right now that maybe we have some time to expound on a little bit is the Antichrist. You know, because people are so quick to be like, is the Antichrist uh, this president? Is the Antichrist Gavin Newsom? Is the Antichrist this person? Nancy Pelosi. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> whatever. Is, is his name going to be Mr. Antichrist? <laughs> So um, this is important, you know, going from the beginning of how Ryan opened the show, you know, we've seen a pandemic take place. We have seen financial difficulties take place. Cashless society being implemented. We see religion. We see all these things. Briefly talk about when the Antichrist will take the scene and what his mission will be before the second coming of Christ. Well, one of the, we don't know who he is presently, and I don't think he'll be unveiled until he signs that peace treaty with Israel. And 
that peace treaty is going to result or be the result of the nation of Russia and all these invading nations being destroyed. So he's going to sign a treaty that's going to allow Israel to rebuild their temple. We've already seen things, you guys. We've been we've been over yeah, to Israel. It's already. We, we we see the 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 Temple Institute that you can go visit, and they're preparing. They're, so they're getting so ready. for the for listeners, it. so uh, the Bible talks about during this time when the Antichrist arises, he's going to go to Israel on top of the of the mount where the old temple used to be, and he's going to rebuild. and 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 that used to be so far fetched. I mean, from the mind, you know, years ago. Now, if you go to Israel, you could go and talk to the Jews that are there working on the institute, and they already created. The ephod, the, the big menorah, all of the instruments are there. And when you ask them, "Hey, why, why do you guys why do you guys build all this stuff?" They said, "The Messiah will be here any day." So everything again fulfilling Bible prophecy. Yeah, and, and you know, Ryan, you you point to something. What is happening in Israel? What's happening with the Jews? And not just the religious Jews. They're anticipating something. Yeah, they're looking for something. And they're it says if God is stirring their hearts in anticipation. For the Messiah. But you know what's going to be so unfortunate? It goes back to what the question you asked. The Antichrist. He's going to step the in false Messiah. and try to claim to be the Messiah. And the word, when we but, they're th- going to, but they're going to fall for it. Yeah. Just to be clear, they're going to fall for it yes. because he's going to give them what they've been waiting for. They, they're going to bring world peace but, mm. or peace between them and give them the temple. Yeah. My first year, let me just show this really quick. My first year coming to the Lord, yeah. your dad took me to Israel last minute. Jesse was on that trip. And I was just eating up the Bible at that time. Been walking with the Lord six, six, eight months at the time. But Jesse asked that question to the lady. I still remember it. A young girl that gave a whole breakdown of the temple. and the all, institute. Yeah. yeah. How will you know when you know, the Messiah comes? And her answer was so matter-of-factly. It was like, that's easy. We will know he's the Messiah because he will help us build our temple. And, dude, I remember— And, like, and the hairs on right your now. arms stick up. You're like, ah! I, I feel it right now. Me it's too. It right now because it's crazy. we know as Christians, like you say, we're, wait, we're waiting for the second coming of Christ. They're waiting for the Messiah because they reject Jesus as being that Messiah, Messiah the, yeah. the Jewish people. And even Jesus made reference to this. You reject me, I'm right mm-hmm. in front of your face, but you're going to receive another. the fall. Another. Again, yeah. prophesy it. Yeah, you know, but this is the thing I think we have to also understand. There are many uh, titles that the Antichrist has the beast, the lawless one. We usually refer to him as the Antichrist. And I think we fall. Uh, under uh, uh, probably a misconception, when we hear the word Antichrist, we think of somebody who's against Christ. He is. He definitely is against Christ. But we have to understand it as how that word is used. It means substitute Christ. And that's what exactly why Israel is going to fall in, in fall along the line of, of following he's him. He's a fake Christ. Because he's a, he's a false Christ, a pseudo-Christ. He's a substitute Christ. Well, it also talks about him doing signs and wonders. He will. Yeah. Well, his prophet. His, his prophet, prophet will, will yeah. do the signs and wonders. And which also demonstrates to us the fact that well, if he's going to get shot. He's the Antichrist going to get shot in the head, and he's going to raise from the dead. Yeah. So I mean, that's a big deal. That's yeah. a, that's a that's a miracle. And again, remember, it's a substitute Christ. Yeah. He's trying to duplicate. Yeah. The resurrection. Yeah. You see, everything that Satan does is is in mimicry or mockery Always. of what God has done. Mm-hmm. That's why you have an unholy Trinity. We have the the Holy Trinity: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we have Satan, the Antichrist, and his false prophet. That's the unholy trinity as well, too. And they will be in full force and play during the Great Tribulation Unbelievable. period. Unbelievable. 
Uh, um, Jesse, with all of your study of the Bible over the years and walking with the Lord and seeing all these world events, when we've looked at 2020, it's been a very interesting year because all the things that we're talking about, people might be like, well, no, nobody will ever fall for that. Like, no, no possible way. And then we see how in two weeks, the nation, the world stopped. You, and, and still, we're at a lot of hindrances and stuff. And people will fall for stuff. You can just see it. Um, a mass population can fall for stuff so quickly. And when it comes to like the, the mark of the beast, for sure, to be able to buy and sell, um, that's what the Bible speaks about. Uh, we look at the world, everybody would agree that, the, you know, what's a problem in the world? Oh, governments or ruling nations. Um, there's a financial problem. And then you know what else is a problem? Religion. Okay, he'll solve those problems. You think about some of the greatest orators that there's ever been. John Kennedy, Obama, a great yeah. orator, and many people that have the gift of communications. Well, a lot of politicians can say the right things, but they can't always follow through. The Antichrist will be able to orate, say everything. And deliver. And deliver. And people will bite. Okay, so before this pandemic that just happened with COVID, you know, you're thinking, man, how can they just get world control? Like... How, how is all this? How are all these things just going to line up? Cashless society. We've heard of like Bitcoin and these other things. Like you can kind of see it all. You know, how, why are they going to get chipped? You know, but now when you look at it, they shut the whole world down within weeks. They're like, everyone wear masks. Everyone wear masks. Stay six feet apart. Six feet apart. You could take your mask off and eat, and then put it back on in the restaurant. Well, that doesn't make any sense. But people are doing it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It, it doesn't even make sense there. They literally, it's, it's a, it's a pre-show to seeing what they can get away with. Hey, there's a, there's a coin shortage. What? We shouldn't use cash because the coronavirus can attach to it. Get rid of the cash. Yeah. Everything is set up. I'm telling you right now. And when this whole thing is done, when the antichrist arises and they decide that they have to shut the world down or if something happens ever again, the world will be shut down literally in, Less than 24 hours. You know, when do what you did before. Yeah. Everyone buys groceries, everyone goes home. No, look at right now the, the situation, the condition we're in. If there would be one person who would arise and put an end to all of it, all the panic, all, yeah. what would people do? They would worship him. Yeah. They would say, man, this guy knows what he's doing. And we will will, or people will willingly turn over their freedoms, all of it, all of it. You know why? To him, because he can, he can. Take care of them. They're already turning over their freedoms in America. And that's what right now. Point, yeah, right yeah. now we've lost our freedom. I, there was a there was a funny uh, photo of um, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber sticking out his window, head out of the window, <laughs> and it says, "I hope they I hope they let us uh, I hope they let us out of our house for Fourth of July so we can celebrate our freedom." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that that says it. That says it. you know. I, I want to point to one thing in the scriptures. Go in, in the Book of Revelation, chapter nineteen, verse ten. John has just had the angel who's been giving him a tour of all that's taking place right. in heaven and on earth. I mean, it's mind-boggling. John is so blown away by what he sees on this grand tour during the Great Tribulation period. It says that he falls down on his knees before the angel. And the angel tells him, get up. Don't worship me because I am a fellow servant as are your fellow servants. I'm a fellow servant of Christ. Mm. Worship Christ, for he is the spirit of prophecy, which means that 
what the angel was saying to him, every page on this Bible is speaking of Christ. All of it. All of it. And if we're ignorant as to what the Bible says, God wants us to know what it says. Jesus told the Pharisees, you do search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which, but they testify of me. They erred, he said, because first they did not know the scriptures, and they did not know the power of God. And I think that's, the, that's one of the arguments we need to make with the church. You need to know the scriptures. You need to know an encounter with, the, with God and his power. How are you going to know the signs of the times if you don't know the scriptures? Yeah. And that, I think that's... A, I don't think I know that's a big problem with the church because people, they, they're Sunday morning service Christians. They show up, they don't even have a Bible. They listen, they get their study. And then if you're not, if then if you're even going to a church that doesn't even teach the word, you're just hearing like whatever the pastor wants to talk about that yeah. weekend, you know, some, some like feel good, uh, you know, uh, motivational speech. Yeah. You'll never know. And you'll be freaked out during these times. Yeah. But those of us that study the scriptures, you're like, oh, it's on. I'm excited. I'm watching, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. Second Thessalonians chapter two, speaking about the Antichrist, when he is revealed, Paul says this, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, lying wonders, with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. And this is the reason, because they did not receive the love of the truth so they might be saved. They, didn't know they the reject truth. the truth uh-huh. and they receive the lie. And that's why it's so important for us as the body of Christ to know the truth. And for those that aren't walking with God right now, look, Look at the world around us. There are signs around us. There are things are setting into motion. Um, and you really want to call upon the name of the Lord that you might be saved. Yeah. There's a deception that's going to take place. Um, but when you come to the Lord, He makes things all things clear. On, on, on an exciting note as well is that everything, all these world events and everything that are happening, it's literally waking up the church and it's literally waking up people that aren't believers going, okay, there has to be more. Like I have a friend that, that, you know, pro skater that I just met with the other day. And he, because of everything that was going on, he started watching just all these YouTube videos, these conspiracy videos. And we'll, and then we'll basically, it was stuff that was actually happening that ended, ended up coming out in the news. So it wasn't sound like conspiracy. Yeah. Um, but dude, it literally, then he was like, okay, there's evil. All right. Well, I, I'm not down with evil. I don't. I'm not down with like. I'm not the, de- the devil's real. Basically, is what he realized. Mm-hmm. Okay, the devil's real. This is like evil stuff. So there has to be good. Where's good? And that led him to finding uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So there's like a, an awakening happening with uh, like a spiritual awakening of 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 that. There's actually Satan exists. So that means there has to be a God that exists. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, hey, I've loved it every minute of it. We'll do it Very again. Amazing. We'll do it yeah. again. Um, you guys, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Reveal me. Fill me with the power from heaven, the Holy Ghost. Get a Bible. Read the Bible because Jesus is the word. And you will see your life change. Get into a church that, that teaches the Bible. Look up Calvary Chapel. And there's ones that are all over the world. And there's other good Bible teaching churches as well. Go to whosoevers.com. You can get all the past radio shows. We're touring. Um, Contact us to come to your country, to your state, to bring the gospel to the schools, the middle schools, churches, wherever we're looking for opportunity. We love you guys. And uh, Mm -hmm. next Saturday night, it's on a Kraken. Take care, guys. Peace. bless.
has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.